0: It is June, and I want to give a shout-out to all the wonderful people who go to Patreon.com and support Set Lustig Bruce. Let's give a wonderful thank you to Jeff Ulmer, Sylvia Nell, Liz Brunson, Fernando Santamaria Lozano, Steve Vansack, Rob Barnett, Randy Brown, Crystal Carroll, Bella Pori, John Munson, Betsy Hodges, Levi Petrie, Stephen Malio, Captain America, Dale Hosack, Terry Smith, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, and Mary Thomas. Thank you so much for being here and providing support. Because of these wonderful people, Set Lusting Bruce continues to happen. For now, on to the podcast.
1: When you grow up with that, and you grow up hearing that all the time, because he played all the time, we always had a piano, guitar. When you grow up with that, and you grow up hearing that all the time, because he played all the time, we always had a piano, guitars, and it's not there anymore, because he's gone. There is a huge void. There's a huge hole. And I wish that I had stuck with it. And people can say, you can do it now. But I really can't, because the teacher I wanted was him. Yeah. But as far as what kind of music, he was very eclectic. So he passed that on to, um, to me and my brother. I was more into the music than my brother because I would sing with my dad, but... He could listen to anything from Perry Como to Elvis, to CCR, to show tunes, to the three tenors. It didn't matter. His collection was just vast. And he he bestowed that gift on me because I'm the same way. There's so many things that I find interesting. And it's not there anymore because he's gone. There is a huge void. There's a huge hole. And I wish that I had stuck with it. And people can say, you can do it now but I really can't because the teacher I wanted was him.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train, but I'm sure he will come up, as he often does. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to do some dad talk. My guest, Vicki Ann Bush, is a writer, a podcaster, and we talked about having each on. And right before I hit record, I says, anything you want to talk about specifically? And she said, i like to talk about my dad. And I said, it's June. It's Father's Day month. This is perfect. So Vicki, welcome to the podcast. And please tell us a little about yourself.
1: First of all, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. This is so different than most of the ones that I do. So i was really excited to do this. As you said, I'm a writer. I'm an author of Young Adult Paranormal Romance. I've been writing now, I've been published now for about 13, 14 years traditionally, which is exciting for me. I have a the latest series that I had just finished up in 2022 is very close to my heart and a subject matter that is very important to me. And I created a lead character that is transgender. However, the focus is not on the fact that he is transgender. It is on the fact that he has psychic abilities that are extremely strong and grow as he gets older each year and he sees and talks to the dead. So that's basically... Me in a nutshell right now, I've been so focused on that series and, and writing, and we'll see where it goes from
0: here. I lied to you. I told you that my first question would be about what kind of music you listen to, and I will cut this out if you don't want to address this, but I just last night talked to a couple that do a podcast that spends a lot of their time working on bringing up LGBTQ issues. He, they've been married for over 35 years and he came out, he is gay. They decided to stay married and one of their child, I can't remember if it's their oldest or not, is transgender. And their podcast talks a lot about that. And the question I asked them And like I said, this may be too serious for you. And you just said you were looking forward to talking about different things. But. I'm a. Soon to be 64 year old white guy living in Texas, and I don't understand the anger and the vicious attacks that people of, you know, lesbian, gays, transgender, non-binary, whatever label you want to give is being gotten from people. And do you have any thoughts on why there is so much, and I hate to use the word hate, but I'm going to, this attack?
1: I don't think your podcast is long enough.
0: However, okay.
1: <laughs> that, being said, yes. that being said, what's going on right now just, it's more than disturbing. It's scary. It's life-threatening. It's, it's sad that a society in the year 2023 is still having issues like this. It is sad that when I hear people say, we should go back to when things were great again, who were they actually great for? Because it certainly wasn't the LGBTQ plus community. It was great for them. Was it great for women? No, it wasn't great for them either. Was it great for races of color? No, it wasn't great for them. So what time are you talking about? What are you talking about the time where to be a, and I apologize if I sound a little passionate, but I am, Um, Hey,
0: I am thrilled and I will just fair, I will put a little hey guys, we talked a little political, jump ahead X amount of minutes and we're gonna talk about music, but do yourself a favor, listen to this. No, I please continue because I am right there with you. I don't understand. And yeah, it's oh, you want to go back where a bunch of old white guys were doing well? Exactly. Right? I'm an old white guy.
1: This yeah. tiny little portion of the entire—I'm just going to stay without country for now because you know, yeah, sure, I get it. Of our country did well, and that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to—you're going to base this. We're going to go back to when things were great. No. I have a transgender grandson, which is why I created the Alex character, because I wanted something that he could have, that he could relate to, that was not the transgender journey, because I really could not write about that. But it was about the paranormal that I do write about, because it should be like that. It should all just be a mainstream Thing. It shouldn't be that we have to take people over here and put them in a box over here and oh my gosh, don't anybody get near because you just may catch something or you just may become gay or you just may become a lesbian. Oh, don't don't even get me started on transgender. My child watched a story about people who were gay and all of a sudden now they're gay. Or my child was out and I had a a little girl and she played with all the boys and now she's a boy. Really, do you honestly, logically think with your brain that I hope could be more evolved by now that this is what happened, that this is how things happen? My grandson was four when he told his mom, four. You tell me what happened to him at four that all of a sudden he decides he's a boy. Come on. I have no patience anymore. I have no time for this because it is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. And the most hurtful and the most vicious and evil for people to think that way.
0: I'm right there with you, Vicki Ann. And I, 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 in the beginning of 2022, I realized that it would be very easy for this podcast to be a bunch of old white guys talking about Bruce Springsteen because I'm (laughs) an old white guy. Right. And I love my old white guys coming here and talking about how much they love Bruce Springsteen. I want to stress that. But I said there's other voices I want to talk to. There are other and there are fans of of Bruce Springsteen specifically that are of color, that are under 20 years old, that are they are lesbians, they are transgender, they are non-binary. And so I've done my best to get to to open this platform up to say we don't have to talk politics. Let's talk music. But when you mentioned your story and now I I wanted to read the books anyway, but now I really want to. I'm like, I I just got to get her at least a little bit on this, because as we're recording this, it's May 31st. We'll probably I'm thinking I'm going to release this on Father's Day in honor of both our fathers. But I was just it's Pride Month in June. And it just it's sad that we are still having to fight this battle. And when I say we, whether I'm a straight white guy, my I've been married to my wife since 1984, but we're offended by this. And gosh, living in Texas, I feel as I joke with people, I've had a couple of people that now want to be on the podcast. They're like, oh man, he lives in Texas. And I go, I'm a blueberry in a very strawberry state. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't judge me. So, yeah, I do think it's, and it is easy to. Bruce says, hold tight to your anger, but don't fall to your fears. And so I think that is I'm going to hold tight to my anger. I'm going to keep fighting for good and right things, but I'm not going to fall to my fear and be afraid to speak out. Exactly. Thank you.
1: People, if you're afraid to speak out and you leave them alone to do it on their own, nothing's going to change. And then it's going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. My problem is I get so worked up that I can't speak eloquently about this. I can't. I try to have the brain take a pause and so that it connects with the mouth, but it doesn't work that way for me. And I've heard people, I'm not the best person in the world to do this, just to advocate a vocal situation where I'm in an interview because I get too, too hyped with emotion. I do, because this is a subject to me that every single day, am a part of and see and hear and think and cry and get sick and don't understand. It literally hurts my head because I can't understand someone having so much hate in their heart. And I can't understand someone hiding behind the word Christian and using that as their tool because anyone who does that clearly either has never read the bible or interprets it the way they want to they are going to make it conform to what they're believing and that's a that's a whole other issue we won't no <laughs> what even and, touch. <laughs>
0: yeah and we're i promise listener hang with us we're going to get to music in just a minute but you brought up something that i've got to Discuss, Vicki, and is I was raised in a Southern Baptist home. My father was an alcoholic, and so we were we were we were raised that if you have one beer, your next step is you're in, you're a ditch, you're <laughs> a bum. You didn't have the word homeless in the '60s when I was a kid. But despite all the worries and the narrowness of this Christian bringing, love was always what we talked about. And we talked about the golden rule, right? Treat others. And this answers, I don't know. It's okay to say, I don't know. Do you think that this person who has never heard of Christ in the middle of this abandoned third world country, are they going to go to hell when they die because they've never accepted Christ there? I don't know. I have to believe in a kinder, more loving God. And I get very frustrated that the religious right, who are neither religious or right, are sin this and they give Christians a bad name. I'm just going to say it. They do.
1: Yeah, Yeah, they do. I I was raised Catholic, okay? My mom and dad were Catholic. But my mom's best friend when I was growing up was a gay man. Yeah. Okay. My parents, when our youngest, who is gay and non-binary, when they came out at the ripe old age of 17, we went over to my parents' house so that they could tell them. Do you know what my parents said? My very Italian Catholic parents said, okay, I loved you a minute ago. I still love you. What's the big deal? And I don't understand why everybody else can't have that attitude. I do not understand. And you know what it is, though? I think part of it is fear. They feel like they're losing first place. They're moving down and that scares them.
0: Yeah, and I think it's easy to be afraid of something that is different, but that's okay it's okay to also say I'm confused. I don't understand, but I love you anyway. And it is, yeah, I think that is a big part of it. And I, one of the guys who does a Springsteen podcast, Rob Carmack is a pastor of a church. He, I don't think he is anymore, Rob, but, and he talked about that He opened. He says, if you guys are gay, you are welcome in my church. God loves you. You don't have to feel judged here. You can be you are safe this open. And I just think that if we did more of that, I think, and obviously we'd be in a better shape. But the reality is that we are there is a small percentage of clinging to something that is I grew up on Disney movies. I realize Disney movies are not reality. Mm -hmm. Not everyone has a happy ending. Not everyone falls in love, stays married, and spends their rest of life with their life partner. I I love those movies, and I love that ending. And I want, when I'm reading, whether it's a romance novel, a hardcore science fiction, or a paranormal fantasy, I want the couple to get together because I'm a romantic, but it... And I just had Terry Moore on the podcast and he did Strangers in Paradise, a comic which and he talked about he had a cousin who was gay and. He realized that he never got to see representation in comics of anyone like him, and so his cousin had died early. And so he put gay characters in his comics for that reason. And I don't know if you watched Ted Lasso.
1: Oh my God. Don't you dare give away for tonight.
0: I'm not, I haven't, but a couple, did you see a couple episodes ago when the character came out?
1: Yes. I thought that was fantastic. I loved how he, because the person was angry with him. Not for that. Yes. <laughs> that yeah. Okay, yes.
0: Yeah. I'm your friend. How could you not tell this? And I loved Ted saying it's okay it's no big deal but it is a big deal. You know, the idea yes. and he told the story about his friend that was alone and I was touched by that and I so yes. Absolutely. I, love that show. Love I that do show. too. All right. Beep. We're back. <laughs> Thank you Vicky Ann for letting me go on a tangent. I am sorry.
1: That's okay. Thank you for listening to me yell and rant and rave. <laughs> it is okay.
2: Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them.
1: Go to PantheonPodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win.
0: And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package.
1: And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S.
0: I always like to start at the beginning. So talk about where did you grow up? We obviously know you're a grow-up Catholic now. (laughs) And what kind of music were your family listening to?
1: I grew up in Floral Park, New York, Queens a little bit, and then we moved to Floral Park when I was about nine. My dad was a musician. He played by ear, like he could read music, but he played mostly by ear. He was one of those people that... You can hand him an instrument that he'd never played before. He'd tool around with it for a little bit. And the next thing you know, he's playing a song.
0: I love and hate those people equally. Yes,
1: (laughs) me too. I wanted to play so badly. Poor man tried with me. He got me my first guitar when I was 11. And then he tried teaching me the piano. Because I wanted to play, I didn't have the patience. See, I wanted instantaneous gratification. And that's not going to happen.
0: My father played the guitar, and he, I'd play with it, but I never had the patience. My fingers hurt too much, and I—that that is my regret. I turned 64 on June 3rd, and I've never learned how to play an instrument, and I know it's not too late, people. I go, I I wish I'd had. I wish I had. People often ask, you'll see that on social media, what would you tell your 10-year-old self? I'd say... Learn an instrument. Listen to more Bruce Springsteen.
1: (laughs) When you grow up with that and you grow up hearing that all the time because he played all the time. We always had a piano, guitars, and it's not there anymore because he's gone. There is a huge void. There's a huge hole. And I wish that I had stuck with it. And people can say, you can do it now. But I really can't because the teacher I wanted was him. Yeah. But as far as what kind of music, he was very eclectic. So he passed that on to um to me and my brother. I was more into the music than my brother because I would sing with my dad, but He could listen to anything from Perry Como, to Elvis, to CCR, to show tunes, to the three tenors. It didn't matter. His collection was just vast. And he he bestowed that gift on me because I'm the same way. There's so many things that I find interesting. I do like Bruce Springsteen. My first memory of him was when I was about, I think I must have been about 12 or 12, I think. And my best friend's brother, her older brother, who was like four or five years older than me, had, gosh, I can't remember the title of the album, but what the heck, which one was, but it had Born to Run on it. So he would play this over and over. And every time I went over to my house, I would hear this. So that's how I got introduced to Bruce. My dad actually liked him in his later years. He would play Springsteen, Journey, like I said, CCR. Fleetwood Mac, Stevie is my girl forever. That is my, I worship the woman, Stevie, Stevie. <laughs> yes. My oldest daughter's name is Stevie. <laughs> but so this is what I grew up with. I grew up in New York hearing this music and I think that it also helped shape me as a writer because listening to music, all these different kinds of emotions that each one can reach in and pull out from you, I expressed through writing. I couldn't play, but I could write. So I think it went hand in hand.
0: So was you haven't mentioned your mom. Was she a music fan? Was she an influence? Or was your dad just so larger than life as a musician?
1: My mom loved music. She loved to dance, okay? So dad would play and she would dance. And I grew up with her, you know, when the fingers were snapping and, and she would just enjoy dancing and just having a good time with it. She loved listening to him play. When they got older, she really enjoyed just sitting and, and just watching him and listening to him play the piano. Towards the end, my dad had really bad arthritis, and so it robbed him of playing the guitar and then eventually the piano. And he had gotten a keyboard because the action on it, it's a lot easier than the piano, you know, and it's mm-hmm. big. And he would still play that occasionally, and she would still listen and sit there and just relax.
0: So have you ever watched... On Netflix, the Springsteen on Broadway show.
1: No, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't seen it.
0: We're always busy, but he talks about his mother and he talks about how much his mother loved to dance. Oh, really? Yes. And how she, when they were recording this, and she's still alive, but she had Alzheimer's And so even when she doesn't recognize them, they have music playing when they visit her and I will not spoil it. But there is a there is a scene toward the end when he is talking about some of the topics we talked about. Earlier, and he connects his mother and dancing to it, and it is a very wonderful moment, so I recommend that. So, Vicky Ann, did you ever rebel against your father's music? Did you get through a spell where you didn't yeah. want to hear that? It always it's was always that there?
1: there. Yeah, it's always been there. No, never.
0: Okay. So I like to ask this when I have writers on. And i it's usually the dumbest question you can ask, but sometimes they surprise me. So did you grow up in a house of readers? My mother. Yeah.
1: My mother was a reader. She also wrote. She did short stories and poetry. She never did anything with it. She just, for her own amusement, her own enjoyment. They were both like that. They were both creative, but they did it for themselves. My dad was offered two recording contracts, numerous jobs, and turned them down. And... I remember being older one day and you have a different kind of conversation when you're an adult with your parents. Sure. And we were talking about times before and everything. And I said, Dad, how come you didn't do this? They wanted you. Why did you not do this? And he said, because I do this for me. And if I do it for them, it becomes a job. And the man played every day. He was the type of guy where, do you remember years ago, if you went to the mall, there'd be that piano in the center? Yeah. Okay. So we'd be shopping. And all of a sudden, my mom would go, where's dad? (laughs) And then we'd hear the piano. And i go, okay, wait a minute. And we'd go out into the middle of the mall. And the guy who was playing the piano took a break. So he just sat down and started playing. Crowds gathering around him. He just did it for himself.
0: So a few years ago, Bruce put out an album called The Seeger Sessions, and it was a collection of covers of songs that Pete Seeger had either performed or written, and and he did Erie Canal, he oh Jacob's Ladder, and he did Froggy in a Courten, and. I cannot stand Bruce singing Froggy Went a Courtin <laughs> because he doesn't sing it the way my dad did.
1: Oh, yes, I so, totally so, did that.
0: So therefore Bruce is wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and this is a a abomination Uh, and and for the longest time I didn't realize that I was like I wonder why I don't like this album as much and and then I realized he's not singing the song the way my dad did so it doesn't feel right
1: that okay my dad's favorite all-time favorite song was a very old song called My Mother's Eyes okay all right so growing up I only heard my dad sing it in fact that was one of the songs that he had recorded that they had offered him the contract for after he, they heard it. But years later now, dad had to be gone about, probably about three or four years, right? And I'm going through YouTube and I was looking for something. And I can't even remember what I was looking for, but this pops up, right? My mother's eyes. But it was, who was singing it? He's like, Dean Martin or somebody. I can't remember, but in that group, right? That a cruder. Yes. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I put it on. It was horrible. Terrible experience. <laughs> 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 I'm like, no, this is not dad. This is not dad.
0: That's awesome. So did you read a lot as a kid?
1: I did. I read everything I could get my hands on. I was just like so all the time reading, all the time at the library, all the time buying books when I could, I always read. I got real hooked when I was in eighth grade and in Catholic school and then they had a contest and it was like a citywide contest and you had to write a book, but you also had to construct it. So I had to sew the binder, make the cover and do all that. My dad helped me because he did some little pencil drawings in there for me because I can't draw to save my life. And unfortunately, we at that time were getting ready to move to California because the job market, my dad was working for Rheingold Beer and they had let everybody go. They sold, they were closing. And he had always wanted to go back to California because he was there after the Korean War. He was stationed there. And it was like the timing was right. So I never got to actually finish, but the contest itself... (laughs) Just kind of, I don't know, just making that book and just doing it from scratch, I was hooked. That was it. And so after that, I just wrote as an outlet all the time. If I was sad, if I was happy, but I would just save it. I would just put it in boxes and things. But yeah, so yes, the the short answer is yes.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask you favorite writers, but now... And please, you can share if you have a couple right off hand. But then I want to talk to you about when did you decide that was more than just a hobby and maybe you wanted to share it with people?
1: Okay, first of all, my favorite writer forever, ever is Dean Coombs. Okay. I even wrote to him, sent him the first book of Alex, and he wrote me back and he sent me a book. And (sighs) it took me two months to open it. I cried. However, <laughs> your question, what was your question?
0: No, I, I love that idea. I, that you love when you hear people doing kindness like that. You're talking about your writing when you're thinking, when did you decide that you wanted, maybe you've always shared with people. Did you share with other people? No, no
1: only my kids, my kids. Okay. My kids were the ones who pushed me. Okay. But when they got older. I started off in children's books and I wrote a couple little children's stories and my kids were the ones who went, ma, why don't you send this in? Why don't you start sending this in? Do something with this. And after a while I thought, all right, I'll try. And I got the typical few rejections. And then finally a publisher came along and my first children's story rhymed and they said, would you consider rewriting this? And I thought, Oh. Want me to, it was just all so new for me, but I thought, yeah. hey, I'll do it. And they offered me the contract. Funny thing is my oldest daughter, she went to what would be con- considered, oh my God, school of the arts out here. And she was, she did art. So one day she was just sitting down after I had written it and she like painted these little, on these little cards, just pictures from the story. So when I got the contract, I had said to them, I actually have artwork. Would you like to see it? And they said they agreed. They loved it. So my first book is actually our first book because we collaborated.
0: What's the name of the book?
1: Winslow Willow, the Woodland Fairy.
0: (laughs) All right. Is it still available?
1: Yeah, it's on Amazon right now.
0: Okay. Okay. All right, I will look that up. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, you got a book, Deb. You've helped your daughter out. What was the next step in your journey?
1: At that point, there was no stopping me. I did a second children's book, and then the an editor that I got I had a good relationship with, with the publisher, suggested to me one day, I think you might want to try Young Adult. I think you'd really like it. At that time, Twilight was just barely coming on the scene, Young adult really hadn't taken off yet. So I had to do a little research. And then I thought, all right, I'll give it a whirl. Once I did that, though, and I brought in the paranormal element, which comes easy for me because of my family, it was
0: just. You, you mentioned because of your family. Why is the paranormal? Why? Because of your family. What or is it your fan of Dean mm-hmm. What What do no. you mean?
1: I say we're sensitive. I don't really put a label to it. Okay. Okay. But it runs in my mom's side of the family. So like my great grandma, my grandma, my mom, me, my kids. Okay. We've always been able to see and hear things and then sometimes know things someone said to me, oh, that's your psychic. And I said, I'm not going to call myself a psychic because I can't call on it. It just happens. But there are times where we may be in a house and then all of a sudden I see someone in front of me and then that someone's not there. Or my youngest would hear conversations so crisp and clear. I hear conversations, but not as clear as my youngest. My mom has always seen things. And actually, there was one person And we didn't even know that each one of us was seeing him. But my mom saw this man, I saw him, and my oldest daughter saw him. And it wasn't until one day we just happened to have a conversation. And all of a sudden, someone said, Oh, the man in the plaid shirt. Oh, you see the man in the plaid shirt? Yeah, I see the man in the plaid shirt. And so we all realized that we were seeing this man at our own residence. Uh,
0: That's awesome. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, you decided to go young adult and paranormal. So what was the first book you wrote?
1: I actually wrote three novellas Okay. and the, when they were done, the publisher combined them into the novel, which is called the Dust Chronicles. Okay. So that was the first one.
0: Okay. And why do you like Young adult and this paranormal, what about it speaks to you?
1: The paranormal, I don't even think about it. Just this is where my brain goes. Okay. So that's not a choice. The young adult, it was, it, I could do a bit more than with the children's books, take more liberties with that. I enjoy that age group, they fascinate me. They do. They continue to fascinate me. I know that people say the teen years are the hard years, and I guess to some degree they are, but there's also so much that goes on in their heads and the things that they think about are way beyond what people give them credit for. I always get really upset when I watch TV or movies and they portray the teens as if they're the typical angsty, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rebel. It's so stereotypical because there's so much more going on. And I have to be honest with you, I can't tell you, but maybe less than a handful of kids in that age group that I've met that would fit that stereotype. Exactly. And so that's why I guess I stay there. I stay there because they're comfortable, but yet they're interesting, and yet. Things are new for them, and yet they have so much more they think about than we give them credit for. So that's why I write Young Adult.
0: So let's talk about your transgender hero. Give me a little bit more information on Alex and why that story you thought was important.
1: Well, the reason I thought it was important was... First and foremost, it started off from my grandson, like I said, because I wanted him to be able to read a character, relatable, that this person's like me, but look at all this other stuff that's going on in his life, just like all the other stuff that goes on in my life. I'm not defined by this one thing in my life. I'm defined by all the things that make me up. And once it started to go from book to book, I started realizing that it wasn't just my grandson. It was endless, the people that I wanted to give this to, the kids. Alex is 17. He just turns 17 in the first book. He comes from a very loving, close, Italian, loud New York family.
0: Wow, where did that come from? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is half Irish on his dad's side, but his mom and dad are divorced. And he's very close to his great-grandmother, who is a very powerful... It's Italian witchcraft. So she's a very powerful Italian witch. And Alex is very powerful, too. He is equally as powerful as her, and his gifts are growing. Each book gives a new component to who Alex is. Alex deals a little bit with a bully in high school, but Alex has got a such a supportive family and a supportive girlfriend who is fiercely looking out for him that it, he's confident in himself and who he is. Not to say that he's not going to have a day once in a while, but... His motto is, live and let live. You are who you are. Let people be who they are.
0: And I think that's what makes a good story, is if the character is more than just this character, a certain type. And having the complexity of that is is really important to tell a good story. And I ultimately think that. I hope this podcast I do, because I believe. The quick thing is every Bruce Springsteen fan has a story, and it's my job to get all of them on tape, (laughs) and now it's expanded to, I think all people have a story about their love of music, and I want to get as many of my can on tape as possible, right? And so I want some diversity, but the most thing I want to do is I want to have my guests be able to share their story. And I think that will make an entertaining hour of listening. And I think my guests will enjoy learning this character. And I don't necessarily have an agenda. I don't have I just want to tell a good story. And I think the great storytellers, that's their goal. Do you, and I once again, that's a dumb question to ask you, but please bear with me, right?
1: I agree. I agree. It's absolutely my goal. Yeah. When you finish that story, and someone reads it and says, "That was amazing. That was fantastic. This is so good. You got your message across." Yes. You got it.
0: And. The beauty, right, one of the reasons why we love, at least I think we love series, is because you get to spend more time with these characters you love. You get to experience and you get to know them. How many books are in this series so far?
1: There's four. I do have, I'd like to take one moment to explain. Please. Okay. So Alex was with my previous publisher. What had happened was during... 2022, they had sold and contracts were coming up and I just didn't get the feeling. Does that make sense? And I took a risk. I did because usually you can't, it's difficult to get another publisher to take what's already been out there. Yeah. I had signed with a new publisher for two new books that are coming out in 2024. And I thought, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take my rights back. I'm going to take this risk because i feel it's the right thing to do that's another thing that i learned from my family is trust that little voice so i did so the alex books came down they're up in audio i the
0: did first, see that the first yes. three,
1: not the yeah. fourth one because right. i i took the contract back before the fourth one came out in audio but i am very excited to say that my new publisher i just signed a contract with them so the first book will be coming out towards the end of this year and then in 2025 second and third will come out and then in 2026 the fourth one and there's going to be like a second edition there'll be some a little bit of new stuff in there new covers and i'm super excited because of what this character means but i just wanted to clear it up because people will say oh i went on amazon i don't see it if someone does want a copy of the book though i still have some so they can contact me through my website
0: yeah Yeah. and you and i will talk after we get recorded because i want (laughs) to yeah i want to check those out the do you talk about i guess what's next for you you've said you've got a new publisher you're going to work on it. Is Are you working on a new series?
1: I'm still working on Alex in another way. Okay. So everybody kept pushing me about how wonderful it would be to see Alex in a movie or TV or whatever. And I finally decided, okay, maybe I should just try because it's so different writing a screenplay. But I went ahead and I wrote a short screenplay. I worked with someone who wrote for TV back in the 70s and 80s. And he was like my mentor just to guide me with the format. Because okay. you got you to gotta do this as opposed to as telling a novel. Right. You can get in here. So I went ahead and I did it. And I entered it into a few contests, a few festivals. And I won LA International, Eight and a Half Film Awards, Silver, I believe, was, I think, Arizona. I can't remember, but there were several. So I got some laurels. Okay. So a small production company picked it up. They filmed it in November, and it just got back from edits. So I've been involved with this, in a sense, because now it's going to be shopped around. but. The short story is actually a prequel. It's more, what if this is how Alex and Margaret came together? And if it's, it's a little bit more of a drama, there is a little bit of supernatural in it because of this little ghost boy that's actually throughout the series. We, I put him in the short, but so that's what my focus has been on. However, I did finish a new book, not Alex, <laughs> still witches. Still Long Island, but totally different story. And do, you,
0: do you like to set in modern times, quote unquote modern times? Yes. When you write? Okay.
1: Yes, yes, I do. Although I do like time travel. That's one of my favorite things. And in this new book, there is a point, which I don't want to give away.
0: Sure. The
1: point where the past and the present come together. Okay. But I'm not sure yet what direction the new book's going to go in yet. I don't know. I haven't actually submitted it. So I'm getting good feedback.
0: So once again, I will do a leading question and you please ignore my lead, but I I was lucky enough years ago, Dr. Isaac Asimov was on a local talk show host and I called in and I got in and I, of course, told him I grew up reading Isaac Asimov. I graduated high school in 77 and he was by far my favorite writer and he had just put out a standalone novel and i asked him was that fun for you to do a standalone novel versus all the empire and the foundation and the robot series. And he said, yes, it was really a nice. He says, I was able to use different muscles and it was really a nice change of pace. I love the series, but as a standalone, there was a freedom to it. So that's my leading question. Do you have that feel sometimes as well?
1: Yes, it's funny you brought that up because Mm -hmm. first, when I first started writing the new book, it was difficult because I had been so entrenched with the Alex series since 2016. So that's quite a while to be just so focused on on that book. And it was difficult to make that transition because I found myself trying to look for Alex. But once I did, and once it clicked, it was really cool because you didn't have to think about what's the next book going to, what's going to happen in the next book. And if I do this in this book, how's this going to carry over? And then, and then when I'm doing the second book, oh, wait a minute, this happens here. And then I got to go back and make sure I have continuity with this one right here. You didn't have any of that. Yeah, it really was. It was fun.
0: I can imagine. That sounds great. So let's go back to your dad. So you mentioned you and your brother were talking, I guess, an anniversary of losing him is coming up.
1: It just passed.
0: It's just passed? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me another couple of stories about your dad.
1: Oh my gosh. There's so many. There's so many. My dad was the one person. Yeah. My mom was like this too. I'm the girl. So with my dad type of thing, I was always very much daddy's girl. But he was the person that anytime I walked into the room, I felt like a superstar. The way he looked, you know what I mean. Sure. Uh, He was so excited about the books. He did get to read the Dust Chronicles. Room six two nine had just was in production, so he didn't get to read that. But he was a cheerleader. Mom, she was a cheerleader, but quieter. Dad, he was a cheerleader and very vocal. But there were times. I remember one time we were in New York. My brother and I were young, and there was a huge snowstorm. Huge. And you couldn't drive to any stores or anything like that. And my mom needed some stuff. My, we need some things in the house. So he gets this sled and he gets it and makes it so that it's over his shoulder like ropes so he could pull it. And we begged him and we wanted to go. So he bundled us up. Now, the store in the car, by car was probably five minutes away, maybe a 20-minute walk. I don't know. Yeah. Two and a half, three hours later, we finally get to the store. The poor man pulled us the whole way. We get there, we do the shopping. We're on our way back. He's got us on the sled, he's got the groceries on the <laughs> sled, and he takes one step. And it was one of those where it was that deep, and he just fell down up to his waist. <laughs> <laughs> He never got mad. He never got frustrated. He would laugh it off. But as far as musically, one of my fondest memories with him is, I'm so crazy about this. He would get numerous CDs. I can't even even tell you how many he had, right? And he would get them and he would get a binder and he would put put it in a protective thing and he would catalog all of them. And then he would put them on the shelf and what was on the shelf matched what was in the book. So he knew he could just go right there, right on that shelf in that row and that number. And that was the one he needed. I love that. I was just I was like, dad, how are you? you just, dad, I don't know. If you have the patience to do this.
0: What's a song. Are there songs that make you think of him and your mom? Yes. Separately or maybe together?
1: Both. My mother's eyes, which I have on my back. I have the first six notes on my back for him. But Fool's Russian. Gosh, there's so many. Oh, C C R rain.
0: Who'll soft the rain?
1: Thank you. He okay. loved that song. He loved that song. There's so many. I couldn't I'd have to seriously write them down. My mom's favorite song was by Stevie Wonder for Once in My Life. And here's a little story really quick. Mother's Day, I'm, it's a very difficult Mother's Day. my My kids are in different states now, and it just doesn't have the same feeling for me anymore. Sure. And I was feeling usually trying to ignore it. And the eve of Mother's Day, my brother texts me and he's, Hey, I got an idea. How about in the morning? You come over, you and Ronnie, and we're going to make coffee, and Angie, my sister-in-law, is going to make homemade New York crumb cake, and we'll just sit around, and we'll have coffee, and come in your pajamas, okay? So I get up in the morning, I'm going to go in my pajamas to my brother's. I get in the car, I'm just kind of trying to get into the mood, right, for my brother, my sister-in-law, and my husband, because he's trying. And we get in the car, he turns it on, and what song do you think comes on the radio? For Once no. My Life by Stevie Wonder. Uh, the odds of that song coming on, I, yes. I can't even tell you. Right. I can't even tell you. Oh, and Dad, all of Walt Disney songs, especially Snow White. So he loved When You Wish Upon a Star. But everything, he loved everything. They, she loved to dance, he loved to play. It was a good match.
0: That's awesome. I love that. That's great. All right. So if someone wants to learn more about the books, how can they?
1: My website, VickiAnnBush.com. You can still go on to Amazon and see the other books. Also see Alex on audio. Barnes & Noble. Most of Alex is down because they don't have the audio on there. But they have some of the other books. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram, TikTok. I had to ditch Twitter. (laughs) It was getting too much.
0: The only reason I'm still on it is I have a podcast to promote. I do know the feeling. If someone, what, since Alex isn't available, what book do you recommend to start with? I realize trying to pick your children, but is there one you recommend?
1: There's a couple books that just came down because they're going to the new, okay. the new publisher too. But what's up now? The Death Chronicles. Okay. The Death Chronicles. Okay. That's more of a sweeter paranormal romance, but it's still got some darkness in it. Okay. Not like Alex. Okay. But the audio, the after to the audio, Marcus Rothenberg is very good. Okay. So I've had a, I've had a lot of people tell me they enjoyed it. They enjoyed his voice. Okay. Good.
0: Uh, Vicki Ann, what have I not asked you that I should have?
1: I don't remember. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I just didn't want to know. I always, I tell this story and I hope that this guest doesn't listen anymore, but I was doing this fairly early in my career and, we had an interview with a guest, joined me, and it was a perfectly fine conversation. And at the end, I thank them as I usually do. Thank you for joining me. I hope you had fun. And they go, oh, I did. He says, next time, I'll tell you the time I got drunk with the E Street Band.
1: What? Oh.
0: <laughs> Just in case you and Dean Coons got drunk together and watched Stephen King play music on stage, I wanted to give oh, you the chance to that share that story. An-
1: that would be a dream. <laughs> Two favorite authors. <laughs> oh, I have a really cute one though. This is really cool. Okay. Okay. No, we're good.
0: My, my husband, time's fine. So, here.
1: My husband wanted to learn how to play a harmonica. I don't know where that came from. Okay. He does not play any other instrument. This is years ago. So, we go, we buy him a harmonica. He's trying, trying, trying. We go over to my parents' house. He's got his harmonica. My dad goes, Oh, can I see that? And he's sure. My dad picks it up. He goes, boo, 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 boo. Next thing he's belting out, I think it was an elder's song. Yeah. My husband gets it. I'm done. I'm not. <laughs>
0: We hate and love those people at the same
2: time.
1: I know it makes me so right confusing. I look at these people who, like one of my favorites. guitarists was always Eddie Van Halen, always. Although yeah. I think Eric Clapton is underrated. People don't really give him enough kudos. I think yes. that's my, just my OK, opinion. gotcha. But oh, and Peter Frampton. Absolutely. Yes. So much fun to see. We've seen him several times. I love him. He was actually my first real like rock concert because the first concert I saw was David Cassidy. But he was (laughs) my first rock concert that I would consider.
0: There is a wonderful David Cassidy podcast from a lady in the UK that is absolutely just adorable. She has had so many fun people on and talking about it. Did you ever watch the show Madam Secretary?
1: Yes, loved it.
0: That scene, right, where he comes out down the... Peter Frampton came. Oh, yeah. I my wife had never seen the series. And and so we were going to watch the last season. She goes and I said, yeah, I think you can pick that up from there. I said, but you need to see these couple episodes first. And really, the only reason I because I wanted to see that surprise
1: <laughs> <laughs> where Tia Leon goes, I'm your biggest fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do. I love him. However, my girl. Stevie she, did you ever watch American Horror Story? Yes. Did you see the witch season? Yes. You played the white witch? Yes. She comes out on screen. I'm watching it at home. I cry. (laughs) I cry. It's like, oh, she's on there.
0: Did you watch Daisy Jones and the Six?
1: I haven't seen that yet. I heard it's It's pretty good.
0: Have you? It is pretty good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It is loosely based on Fleetwood Mac. And you could also say the mom and the papa is just this thing. But it's really good. One of the things I thought was interesting is a Gabriel Berzheimer does horror fiction. He li- he's from Australia and he's been on the podcast a couple of times. He writes very dark. You would love him. And but he did an audible drama of that called The Hitchhiker was an original audible audio drama. And I was talking to him and he said, there's a Springsteen tie in to the story. So why don't you listen to it? And then I'll join you on the podcast to talk about it. And so we did. So I signed up for a free audible just so I could listen to that. And you got two credits. So I listened to Daisy Jones and the six after watching the Amazon and both of them are good. The, obviously, a book is different than a movie. But what was very interesting is the writer for Daisy Jones the Six, right, wrote lyrics. But when they recorded it for TV, the first thing the author said is, you don't have to use my lyrics. I was writing a prose novel. Mm-hmm. You guys are actually going to write music that this band is going to perform? It's okay. Change the lyrics. Just... Make the songs good. So, yeah, I think you'd like it. I think you'd like it a lot. This has been so much fun. We have gone the gambit. I know. I love
1: it, though. Thank you.
0: I'm so glad you're here. And please open invite next when you're when you're when the new publisher is ready to kick off. Let's have you come back. We'll talk more about our dads. We'll promote the books and it will be a lot of fun. Okay.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: All right. But before I let you go, I if you are a fan of Vicki Ann's and you love her books and you're listening to this podcast, thank you. But I end every podcast with what I call the Mary question. Jay Armstrong, who is retired now, but when he was teaching, he was an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area, and he would print off the lyrics to the song Thunder Road. And he would give it to his class, and they would break it down as if it was a poem, compare it to Robert Frost, other poets, talk about the imagery Bruce uses. And then at the end of the two days, he would ask the question, does Mary get in the car? Vicki Ann, that's your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road?
1: Yes. Yes. Do you want to know why she gets in the car? Yeah,
0: I absolutely do.
1: <laughs> because if you listen to the words, everybody before him was just not interested in Mary. He's interested in Mary and he's being very straight with her. He's being very open and very honest about it all. And I think that Mary has hope and she gets in the car because of that hope and because of the what if this is the right time, the right one this time? What if this is going to be the one that is going to be there. Because he sure does sound like he wants to be, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, I agree. I I love that answer. That is a great answer. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. You've helped me because my wife and son can't see Ted Lasso tonight. So you talking to me kept me from cheating on them. (laughs)
1: I'm watching it tonight. Yay for you,
0: (laughs) listeners! Please go to Vicki Ann Bush's website. Go check out her books. Please, this I am going to release this on Father's Day. So if you're listening to this, it is Sunday. It is Father's Day, and pick up your phone and call your dad if you can. Yeah, we can't, and I and ask him who his favorite musicians were, and. Tell him a story and he'll appreciate it. Hmm. And uh, so thank you, Vicki Ann. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Justin. Be kind, be <laughs> safe, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Goodbye. Bye.
0: There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at Set Lusting Bruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, perfectly good podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Skaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page, and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music oven, album ranking, fan thanking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.